Welcome to the Power Talk Podcast with Pastor Paul Giacato and Reverend Matthew DeLeon. How you doing, my pastor? Doing good, bro. Hey, man, my pastor. I'm glad to be back with you. He's back in the studio here. Say it's been a while. It feels like it's been a while. I'm telling you, man. It has. We're back here, audience, to give you another good topic. This one is Power of Sin. The power of sin. This one already has a little kick to it, my pastor. I can already sense it in the spirit. It's got a little salsa yeah, <laughs> on it. You know, pastor, I, I think before we get to the power of sin, pastor, what exactly is sin before we get to the power of sin? Basically, I mean, geez, you can probably define it many different ways. Yes. yes. But, but I would just say that basically sin is doing anything outside of God's will mm-hmm. for our life mm-hmm. that's in complete disobedience, mm-hmm. that violates his spiritual laws mm-hmm. and when you begin to violate his spiritual laws it separates us from him yes. so that to me is what sin would be and hence the reason why we needed the john three sixteen. for god so loved the world he sent his son yes. to save it not from despair not from politics right not even from you know our own way, way of thinking is from sin yes it was from sin yes in fact once you get exonerated and forgiven of sin mm-hmm. all the other things come with it because that that's the whole reason for salvation is that we are forgiven of our sin and so you know because if you're not forgiven of your sin the rest of the stuff doesn't come yeah yeah you know, yeah. um, there's a lot of different things going on around about what salvation really is that I've been hearing. and But let me tell you, at the heart of it, it's because of what Jesus did at the cross. You know, a lot of people are saying, well, Jesus forgave us of our sin at the cross. Yes, he gave us forgiveness, mm. but the sin has to be uh, accounted for mm. by us going back to the cross mm. and leaving that sin there. So there's there's this level of forgiving and asking for forgiveness of what it is that I've done. Right. Basically saying, God, I want to be exonerated of the very thing yeah. that you've promised me if I'll go to you. And that's for forgiveness. So I know we're not there yet. That's probably for our next podcast. Yeah. But the power of forgiveness then. Yeah. I mean, because again, the power of sin keeps us from yeah. God. Yes. The power of sin keeps us from eternity with Him. That's right. It keeps us from living the righteous life, Pastor. And is there anything else that power of sin keeps us from? No, I, I, but you're right. I mean, you're 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 definitely saying it right because sin is what separates us from the love of God. Mm-hmm. So then that means that mm-hmm. Jesus, even though He forgave us of our sins, mm-hmm. it still isn't accounted for until we acknowledge that sin. That's that's it right there. You know. That's, so that's- I have to receive his forgiveness yes for the sin that i've committed against him even though he finished the work at the cross it wasn't finished in me right. it was just finished for me mm. in other words it's available for me now yeah. but it wasn't finished for in other words it wasn't accounted unto me mm-hmm. until i went back to the cross and acknowledged it and then received that forgiveness wow so god did his part yeah now i have to do mine now pastor where does sin originate from uh sin originates from the garden okay it began with adam and eve it began with adam and eve uh defiling themselves with a perversion and what is that perversion? It yeah. was just simply a lust after something that they were not allowed to be taking part of. And that yes. was the tree of life and uh, uh, of good, good and evil. Good Sorry, and evil. Yes. yes, of good and evil. And because they partook of that tree, 
knowing that they weren't supposed to, they violated again a law that God had given them. Wow. And so when they violate it, they're in complete disobedience and rebellion against God. And the only law that was given is eat from every tree except that one. That tree. Now here's what's interesting. How many trees were available for them to eat from? Mm-hmm. You know, your your mind says well, there may not have been many to choose from. Right. But in reality, we know God's perfect plan. There was probably plenty of trees and shrubs. And yeah. Well, Pastor, they, they already, they, there's over a thousand different types of fruit trees. Thousands of different types yeah. of fruit trees. Right. You can't tell me they didn't evolve till now. No, they, they exist now. How, right. how much before then? No, I totally, exactly. To your point. To your point. No, there had to have been multitudes. And so what was it that drew them to the one tree uh, we know that Satan had a lot to do with that. That's good. Okay, you, so got, you, got, you, got a, you got a wheel spinning on that when you said that. Because all of us, have, think about it. None of us have a problem with obeying God ever. Right. I don't really know many people that really have a problem with obeying God. Yeah. We always give messages, oh, you know, we're disobedient. Yeah, but what is the cause? What is the precursor to us being disobedient? It's usually because we're listening to something that's of the flesh Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that Satan knows how to pull on that gets us to draw us away to complete disobedience. So, yeah, Adam and Eve had no problem with obeying God. It wasn't until something came along that made them realize, wow, that tree looks really good. They would have never even thought about it. So temptation. So it was the temptation. You see, what well, in in the temptation didn't wasn't sin. It was allowing the temptation to settle into their heart till eventually it became sin. Mm. So that's why I say, you know, a lot of us have no problem obeying God if God says, "Hey, look, I want you to give into the offering this week an extra." Yeah. Or, or better yet, I want you to, I, I want you to spend a little extra time in prayer. We, we don't usually have a problem with that. What yeah. we have a problem with is when Satan's all of a sudden saying, "Yeah, but do you know mm-hmm. that you need to spend time with your kids?" Mm-hmm. And yet you're gonna go. Or better yet, do you not? Uh, don't you feel like you need a little bit of a rest? You've been working all day, and now God's right. telling you to go pray. And now, you see, there's the contemplation, which is part of the temptation, mm-hmm. and that's what Satan did in the garden. He's caused them to contemplate something and make them that's think good. about it when they didn't think about it before. You know how many times I've had no problem saying, God, I'll do it. And then all of a sudden, when I know that the flesh and Satan start to work together, it creates this contemplation. And I start thinking about it. I'm like, ugh. You're right, Pastor. I think about alcohol for a second. Yeah. You know, never considered it before. But all of a sudden, I hung around friends in high school Mm -hmm. who drank. Never thought about it before, Pastor. Because it's not an issue. It's not an issue. But I hung around friends that I I appreciated. I valued their friendship. But I didn't know what kind of friends they were until I saw them outside of school. Right. I hung out with them right. with their own place, their own home, where their parents drank. All of a sudden, a one drink led to me drinking, Pastor. Right. To your point. Yeah. I started contemplating based on the people I was hanging around with. And that's the number one way that Satan uses. In fact, we find this written in the New Testament many a times. And Jesus uses it like three or four times in just Matthew 24 and Luke 21 when he's talking about the end of days. When we're talking about, and it's deception. And so this is what, what is deception about? It's to get you to contemplate something Mm -hmm. and to make you believe that something is okay or not okay, even though the opposite is actually true. So that's deceiving. So he deceives you into thinking, well, that won't kill me. Yeah, you're right. The fruit won't kill you. But that's not the kind of death that Jesus is concerned with. It's always a spiritual death. It's always what it does to you 
inside where your heart is. Well, you don't notice it right away. Yeah, the thing you may not even notice right away. And so that's why we're set, sin rises up. It's in that contemplation of that thing. Mm. And so the power of sin is is yeah. that once you accept the contemplation and you've gone beyond that level, yeah, yeah. here's what happens. The power of sin is that it sometimes grips you so tight because you'll find that that sin is more enjoyable and pleasurable for that moment. That's why it's called the power of sin. That's why it's called the power of sin. And in, in, in fact, this is why it says even sin is pleasurable for a season. And that pleasurable equates to power. Yes, it is. That means it has power over you now. Oh, because now it rules you. Right. It's not the power of sin like this. It has a certain amount of strength. It's the power that it has over you. In other words, you, you're being led by it. You're being ruled by it because yeah. there's an emotion attached to it. I was getting it. ready to ask you that. Where, yeah. where, where's that influence, that power it, sin has over our lives? But you just said it's the, yes, it's the influence. You it, just It's the influence that it has over you. It's the emotion that it's tied to. So think about it. it it's the thought. Think about giving up something you really enjoy. You know, I remember in the early days when... Uh, and, and don't get me wrong, this isn't sinful, so to speak, but it would still be disobedient if I didn't avoid God. I wouldn't go to hell for it, yeah. but it would have been one of those things that God wouldn't have been pleased with. Yeah. But I remember in the early days, I was playing I was playing golf like two to three days a week with my uncle. Mm -hmm. I just rededicated my life. I was having a lot of fun. I was mm -hmm. single. And I'd go out and play. And I remember I really wanted to get deeper into the things of God. Yeah. Well, the Lord put it in my heart. If you want to get deeper, then you might have to sacrifice something. Sure. And so he, one of the things he'd showed me, I want you to sacrifice one day, an extra day of golf a week, and I want you to be at church instead. Yeah. And I knew it in my heart. So I remember sacrificing that, and I said it as a sacrifice, but I wanted to. But here's the thing. Yeah. It would have been real easy for me to start contemplating why I need to play that day of the week instead of church. Mm. I need the rest. I'm working hard. Uh, you know what? I, I just need a mental break. I just, mm. you know, there would have been a million different reasons. Right. And instead, I didn't. I didn't take and give myself. I didn't contemplate. Mm -hmm. And I didn't attach an emotion to it. Mm -hmm. Here's what happens a lot of times why sin becomes so powerful to us mm -hmm. is because we attach an emotion to it. Think about it. Ooh. If I would have said, but man, I'm having fun. You see, fun's an emotion. But man, I love the camaraderie that I have with all these guys. See, that's an emotion. Mm -hmm. Man, I, I love laughing and joking while I'm with all the guys out there playing golf. See, that's an emotion. Yeah. That's what we do with sin. Yeah. Is that we attach an emotion and the emotion is, is man, it's gonna take away from that one thing that I really enjoy, that thing that I feel. Right. And that's when we begin to waver. Uh-huh. God or this. Yes. And like you said, the emotion is so strong that's associated with it. It has power over making the decision to do what's right when we instead we do what's wrong. You're That's right. Sin. Pastor, to me, I got the, the the scripture that Jesus said to Peter when he asked his disciples to pray. He goes, the flesh is willing. I'm sorry, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Right. So what had power over them was sleep. That's right. Over obedience to praying with Christ. Christ was at his most crucial part of his ministry, Pastor. He's about to die. Yes. And he wants his disciples to pray with him. Yeah. No strength whatsoever. That's right. They allow sleep to overcome that. That's right. And that's why it says, to he who knows to do right, but does, does it not, not right. to him it is sin. That's wow. where some sins are very individual. Wow. It's not just the sins that God points out in Scripture to us, yeah. like in 2 Timothy chapter 3. Yeah, uh, those Matthew. are obvious. Those, those are, are obvious sins. But it's those unobvious ones where God is expecting us to do something specific that he's required of us. Mm-hmm. 
that if I don't do it, it becomes sin for me. Mm. You know, look, I, I always, you know, I, I don't that's watch Raider R movies. Yeah, that's good. Uh, you know, people would say, well, that's just being religious. No, not for me. Mm-hmm. Not for me. Right. For me, it's actually sin to com- to go ahead and watch a Raider R movie, right. clean or not. Right. Because God just told me that, and he shared with me why that why I shouldn't watch Raider R movies. Yes, yes. Well, as a result... Even if I watch Raider R movie and I justify it, well, because I like action movies. You see, I'm connecting an emotion to it at that moment. That's good. Or an actor you really or, like. Or an actor that I really connect with, I really like his yes. acting style. Yes. You see, I'm connecting emotion to it. And when I start doing that, it's going to I'm gonna to gravitate to potentially doing something I shouldn't be doing that God told me not to do. So it supersedes the 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 uh the commandment, or if you will, the 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 word that the, the word, word that, that God that gave me yes. exactly it supersedes that that emotion supersedes that yeah and I don't want to do that and, and as long as I don't then I'm not in sin but I'm in sin personally mm-hmm. if I supersede that with just simply because I connected with emotionally mm-hmm. or I allowed it to be mentally locked into my head for some reason why I need an excuse for it to me this is one powerful key that I just never seen before that the power of sin is we attach an emotion yeah. to whatever that thing is. Yes. Whatever it is. For me, again, going back to the drinking for a second high school, yeah. I don't want to, you know, to be away from my friends yes. at the cost of not drinking. Right. It was like, nah, I want to hang out with them though. <laughs> That's right. You know what I mean? Right. And so the emotion was, like you said, camaraderie. I, 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 I'd rather have that than be obeying God. No, I totally, totally, exactly. And it comes down to what is, what is stronger? You know, what is stronger in your life? Ooh. That emotion that you always connect everything to? Or is God's word more powerful? That's so let me good. give you an example. You know, when I, like for instance, when my kids were little, there were times when they were real little, I'd tell them, don't you go be in the road. I don't want you in the road yeah. or near the road right. because it's dangerous. Well, the natural emotion, as long as there's no cars mm-hmm. in a little mind like that, it it can't be dangerous, right? Because they've never experienced anything painful. So, right. a car driving down the road, as long as I'm watching, it's not mm-hmm. dangerous, right? Until what happens? Till they get hit by the car, then all of a sudden they realize how dangerous it is. Well, yes. it could be too late. Could be too late, exactly. And so the thing is that they've attached this idea that well, dad's overreaching simply because he's being well in some cases in some societies it's religious in our case it's overprotective right 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 but in reality it's not being overprotective because as an adult i know what it looks like yes i know what the truth of it so my kids have a real decision when they're 10 or 11 years old yeah maybe they understand how to cross the street Mm -hmm. but if i tell them not to play in the road right it'd be real easy for them to say well i've crossed the street and never got hit exactly so what's wrong with playing in the road i'll I'll watch for cars exactly why put that trust in other people's driving abilities to be aware of the road as they're driving down you don't that's that's unrealistic and that's why that kid's connected this emotion like well i want to play i'm gonna have fun i'll watch what's going on you see he's not only making excuses mentally Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but he's also tying to it an emotion that it'll be fun to play yeah the mental side is is he's making excuses well i'll watch for cars no car's gonna hit me see that's not the emotion Mm -hmm. that's the mental thing that's the reasoning that's the reasoning and so he puts reason and emotion to it there it is is. and so now he has a dilemma there it is does he listen to dad and do what he's told or does he do what he feels? Mm-hmm. And you see, therefore, it becomes sin if he does it wrong. That's why he'll get in trouble if he doesn't listen. Yeah. And this is what happens with us with God. And this is why we wonder, well, Lord, you know, there's nothing wrong with it. 
God didn't say there would always be something wrong with it. In fact, my kids could probably have played at eight, nine years old out in the road, and nine times out of ten, nothing would have happened. It doesn't matter. It's the same way with the Lord. Lord says, yeah, you can watch rated R's and maybe nine times out of 10, nothing will come of it. Yeah. But then there's that one movie, maybe I'm going through a bad day mm-hmm. and then there's some nudity. Right. And it's like, whoa, it's all it, takes. it's all it takes. And it stirs something up inside of me mm-hmm. as a man. Yeah. Well, now God's going to be like, I told you, son. Yeah. Now you've got this struggle that you didn't have before you watched the movie. Okay, so I'm not sure, audience, if you caught this, but there's a second key that Pastor Paul said. So the first key was emotion. The second uh, the second one was reasoning. Yep. You reason your way yep. away from the word, the truth that God gave us. There you go. So again, the first one, attach an emotion to it. The second one, we reason our way out of it. That's exactly right. So again, hence the power of sin. Correct, Pastor? That's right. That's exactly right. And so, um, you know, we have to be extremely careful that we we don't allow ourselves to reason a way out Mm -hmm. when God just said, be obedient. Mm -hmm. Um, And we got to be very careful that we don't reason our way out just because we know that it feels better than the truth that God's telling us. Yeah. Look, yeah. God's not always going to tell you something you like. He's not going to be popular at school. It's, it's not going to be. Exactly. It's not, not going to make you popular, you exactly. know, being abstinent, right, Pastor? Right. It's not right. going to make you popular not drinking when everyone else exactly. is. It's not going to make you popular by not going on social media. You know, God's you're fasting social media, for example, as a young man, That's a young right. woman for a week. All of a sudden, everyone's telling you, hey, you be gone on? No, actually, I'm doing something God asked me to do. That's exactly That's right. unorthodox to this generation. Come on. Being obedient to what God is saying, Pastor. That's so right. to me, this podcast is very important, not just to the old generation, but the younger generation, not understanding the power of sin, again, Attaching emotion to his one key. And the second one is reasoning our way out, like you just said, of obedience. That's exactly right. And we reason it out. And this is why James really gives us the better picture of how sin works. Go ahead. Yeah, I love that one. It says, let no one say when he is tempted, I am tempted by God. Okay, so we got to understand. I'm sorry, James what, my pastor? James chapter 1, verses uh, like 13 and 14. Yeah. Okay. So we got to understand that God will never put you in a position to be tempted. Right. So it's not God doing it. So it's not God. So so we're looking at this, and a lot of people, because that word tempt in the Greek is actually another word for test. Mm-hmm. Well, it's not test. Well, God wouldn't test you, mm-hmm. and he sure can't tempt you because God can't be tempted. Right. So if he can't be tempted, then it's not in him to tempt someone. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like a person who's... You know, you, you got one per, you take two personalities. You got one person who's a very a jokester. Right. Everything is silly and funny to him and he's always cracking a joke. And you right. got another guy who's extremely serious. Right. And you tell the guy who's serious, hey, I want you to do some jokes. Even if he comes up with a joke, it's probably not going to be real funny, right? Because it's just not in him. Right. Imagine God who lives on a much higher plane than we do. Mm-hmm. He can't tempt you because it's just not in him. So therefore, it says, let no one say when he is tempted. In other words, don't. In other words, what it's saying is, is don't ever blame God. Mm-hmm. Don't ever blame God. Mm-hmm. He says, for uh, uh, that I am tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted by evil, so it's impossible for Him to be tempted. So the association, really quick, if I may, sin is associated with evil. Yes, I just want to make sure we tie that together for a second. Right. So tempted by evil, nor does He Himself tempt anyone. But watch, and then it says, but each one is tempted when he's drawn away by his. Own desires and entice. What's desires? The emotion. The desire is your emotion. Okay. Enticed is the reasoning. So you're enticed by that reason. 
What, what is it? Well, I have an excuse. I have a reason for doing what I want to do. Mm-hmm. And then when desire has conceived, in other words, when it is, uh, when it gives, it gives birth. In other words, conceived. In other words, it's a seed. Yeah. That word yeah. conception yeah. is a yeah. seed. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And so when that seed drops in there and it germinates, then it gives birth to sin. So mm-hmm. again, it's not complete sin just to be tempted. Yeah. But it's as you allow it to play in your mind yes. and you begin to make excuses for it. Now, Pastor, before we started the podcast, one of the yeah. words that I did kind of like a, like a brain cloud with words attached to sin, yeah. one of them was death. And that's one thing we don't realize or this generation realizes sin is death. Yes. You can't have, you, they don't separate. They're one and the same, sin and death, Pastor. Yes. Like you talked about it in the beginning of the podcast, it separates us from God. Yeah, there, there's, 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 those sins separate you from the love of God. Mm-hmm. And remember, the love of God is what brought you into the kingdom to begin with. Mm. But it's the sin that puts a barrier between you and that love. Wow. Okay, so wow. love, this is why when people start saying, well, don't judge me, God <laughs> loves me. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, that's yeah. that scripture and that passage actually, actually, uh, um, how can I say it? It basically con- uh, uh, contradicts. There we go. Yes, yes, contradicts yes. what they're trying to say. Yes. Because what they're saying is, is that I know that I screwed up. Mm-hmm. I know that I sinned, mm-hmm. but God loves me. Well, wait a second. Yes. Sin says it separates you from the love of God. So yes. your sin, when done in rebellion, when you knew it was wrong, and you committed that sin anyway yes, yes. without asking for forgiveness mm-hmm. and repenting of it, you are separated. Yeah. And this is why a lot of people that believe they're Christians, they've never asked God to forgive them of things that they've done wrong because exactly. they believe that He loves them too much to let them go. Well, you gave one key key reason too, Pastor. It's one word called justifiable. Yeah. In their reasoning, they justified their yeah. actions like you just said according to this verse these these verses here yes because their desire was stronger than the truth that's right that's exactly and, right. and because their desire was stronger than the truth it was in their mind the reasoning brought about a justification that's no right. this is justifiable that's right i don't need to repent for this that's exactly right and this is why the once saved always saved doesn't work because the word of god tells us that we can be drawn away it not only tells us that we can be drawn away, but it can give birth to sin. Well, if that's the case, because this is where people really struggle. Yeah. You know, and I grew up all that we were just, we're just poor old sinners saved by grace. grace. No, I'm no longer associated as a sinner. I am a person who can still sin. Mm. But I am not a sinner because a sinner is the title of an individual. Oh, yes, yes. You know, they always say you are what you eat. So if you're eating a bowl of cornflakes, I guess you're a bowl of cornflakes. <laughs> I guess they're saying you're a little flaky, right? Right. right. Uh, you know what? What do they call me if I'm an avocado? You know, it's like, come on. So the point is, is that these are these are things that you're associated with by what it is that you're doing at the moment. Okay. That just because I sin doesn't mean I'm a sinner. I'm disassociated with that. I'm a person who's imperfect though, and I have the ability to be disobedient Mm -hmm. this is why james chapter one Mm -hmm. or sorry not james chapter one john uh let me see here i had it just a second ago let me get back to it um john for it's in first john yeah first john five yeah first john five and it says here because it's talking about a brother that if we see him in sin Okay, well, how do you call a brother if sin separates us from the love of God and we're no longer... Okay, 
remember that this is a, a message that I'm going to probably be speaking on maybe the, even this Sunday. Yeah. But but for the most part, we need to understand is that there are such thing as lost sheep. Okay. Okay. Lost sheep is someone who's beginning to lose. It's actually not lost sheep. It's we always say lost sheep. It's not lost sheep. It's sheep that are straying mm -hmm. from the truth. From the, they're, they're straying from the pack. Okay. So when you're talking about a straying sheep, that's what Jesus was talking about. He was talking about a straying sheep. Mm. They stray. Mm. They're not lost. They're straying. Mm. So when they stray, they stray away from the pack, and then you have to go out and find them. Mm -hmm. Okay. So what's happening is this is where First John five comes in. It says if anyone sees his brother sinning a sin which does not lead to death, he will ask. He will ask and he will give him life for those who commit sin, not leading to death. So in other words, what he's saying, he's going to bring him the truth to reveal to him why he can't stay where he's at. You right. need to you right. need to get back into the place where you need to be. You need to get back to church. Right. You need to get back to other Christians. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You need to get back into that safe place that's causing you to stray. In other words, you need to get back to the flock. You yes, you need to get back to the, the flock, flock before you stray so far that we are now in sin. Exactly, where the wolves and the other things are. So, death is. Yes, because there's obviously, now watch. And it says, there is, there is, and he says, he will give him life for those who commit sin sin not leading to death. So we see that there's a sin that doesn't lead to death, right. but then he goes, but there is a sin that does lead to death. Mm -hmm. And I do not say you should pray about that. What is he saying not pray about it? Mm -hmm. He's saying they're already gone. No matter what you tell them, they need to re-up the deal. Yeah. They've given up on God. So this whole idea of once saved, always saved, no, it's possible to know God walk and then away. walk away. But then there's also the brothers that are straying. Mm. So there are those that stray that brother, if we if we talk with him and share with him the things of truth that bring life, right. we'll get him back into the fold, hopefully, if he wants to come back. Exactly. And that's the illustration of the shepherd leaving the 99 and going after the one. Yes. That's what Christ does before yes. he becomes like the other person denying Christ. Yes. He's not quite there yet. That's right. He's not quite there denying Christ. That's right. And this is why Jesus talks about those wolves that go after that one. What's the wolves? It's it's satanic attacks. It's it's the, it's the world actually. It's actually the world going after him mm -hmm. and saying, "Hey, why don't you come to the party?" Exactly. And other men saying, hey, "You know what? It's not that bad. It's okay. It's not that bad sleeping around. Yeah. It's not that bad drinking. It's not that bad living a homosexual Dude, church, lifestyle." Church is boring. All yes. those rules and regulations. No wonder. And it's all these things coming against you till eventually they slip back away from the truth. It's too, too late at that time. No, now they're in death. Yes. Now they're the now they're now they're the uh, there is sin death. leading to death, yeah. and I do not say that you should pray. And this is no, this is interesting though. He goes on in verse seventeen, and he says, "All unrighteousness is sin, though." Mm. But there is, but he makes clarifies it though, and he says, "But there is a sin that doesn't lead to death." Right. So he's saying there's two different levels of sin. Right. He's saying that there's sin that leads to death, and then there's sin that doesn't lead to death. But he says both of them are unrighteous. Yeah. Both one needs to be. They both need to be corrected. They both need to be corrected. But one, you've got to come back to the Lord. Yes. Asking for forgiveness and turn from your wicked ways. Right. Then there's the one that doesn't lead to death, and we need to get your mind right and get you back there to the is. fold where it's safe, and there you is. need to repent of that. Mm -hmm. So there's two different levels of sin, mm -hmm. and but all sin is unrighteous to yes. God. Yes. So both need to be forgiven, but one yes. needs to be repented of. One needs to be completely forgiven and ask mm -hmm. the Lord back into your life. And here we are. I'm mean, Pastor. 
am I is this correct? We're already almost 30 minutes into this podcast. I don't know. I mean, I'm only saying that because we're trying to do Oh gosh. Yeah, about 27 minutes. 27 minutes. Give it 28. Yeah. Audience, I'm we we went with the intention of going to cut any shorter. I can't believe we're almost 30 minutes into this podcast, I Pastor. I would have never guessed that. But my point is here, as we get ready, to, I'm not sure if we're going to yeah. summarize this up here, but yeah. the power of sin, Pastor. Yeah. When you're talking about this, as far as unrighteousness is sin. Yes. When we think about that lifestyle, when you think about that mindset, they're completely absorbed in it to the point where they're either denying God and rejecting Him or they're looking to repent. Yes. They're looking to repent. Yeah, for sure. But either way, the power of sin has lost its grip when we invite Christ to come in. Ultimately. Yes. And that's the goal. Is that we you're you're right on. That's so good because it's not just about what the power the power that sin has over us when we when we give into it. But when we give into it, it has power over us. But then or we can give it up. And then it has no power over us. So you either give into it or you give it up. Right. And I say, if you'll learn to give it up, you'll find that sin has no power over you. Wow. In fact, this is why in the next verse, First John 5, mm -hmm. it says that we know that whoever, there it is. whoever there it is. is born of God does not sin. There it is. But he who has been born of God keeps himself and the wicked one does not touch him. So it doesn't mean that he won't be enticed that he won't that he that satan won't come in because it even says in the next verse we know we are of god and the whole world lies under the sway of the wicked one so we're of god yeah, yeah, so yeah. there's a sin that doesn't lead to death we're of god still pastor this whole chapter you just read really coincides with this topic yes, in its it entirety does. it really does. Yeah, it does when you look at it like you said the wicked one has swayed them yeah influenced powered over himself over them lorded right. lorded himself yes. over them those are the ones that are completely walked away. And those people that walked away, they, it wasn't just the power that's of the enticement and the deception of sin that was pulling them away. It now has them. Mm. Now it's They're got them in their grid. They're controlled by that power of sin. They're controlled. They're back under the curse. This is why they need to return from their wicked ways. They need to ask for forgiveness and re-ask the Lord back in to their hearts again. Mm. Whereas people like there are people that are starting to drift. There are people that are starting to 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 yeah. to walk away and they're contemplating and they're struggling no we can go to that brother and say hey look we're praying right now Amen. look here's some truth that will bring life to this situation uh, pastor you have some testimonies and one comes to mind immediately yeah. you went to a man's uh i don't uh he was partying he was going to church at yes. Pray Center, and you went to his house, and you saw him drinking. Yes. And you knew it, and you went in there like a bold lion. Yes. It was one of those situations. I had gotten a call, and uh, for whatever reason, he started hanging around a handful of guys that were anything but Christian. And this guy was on fire for God, this mm -hmm. gentleman. Mm -hmm. But he started hanging around some guys. I hadn't seen him in a couple weeks. And so one of the guys that he was a roommate with was still going to church. And because they were both going to the to all, you know, we were all going to the same church together. And so he was roommates with one of the guys that went to our church. Yeah. And this guy that was a roommate came to me and said, look, man, he's doing some weird stuff. He's in and out. He's doesn't it's, some things don't feel right. He's not the same. He goes, man, he goes, I need you to come over. And I said, all right. So I went over there and it was interesting. He wasn't there because I guess he found out I was coming. And But he didn't have a clue what I was up going to do other than probably talk with him. He didn't know. Mm -hmm. But I knew. 
because I went in like gangbusters. So I walked into his house and these four or five people that were friends of his, you could tell, man, they got issues, these people. You could yeah. tell it. I walked in and I, did, I didn't ask nicely. I didn't greet myself. I went in. I was just bold. Spirit of the Lord was all over me. And I said, where is, and I said his name, of course. I said, where is he? And everybody looked at me, and you could tell like a couple of guys didn't know, is it time for a fight or what? Because I went in just with that kind of attitude. Aggressive and everything. Real aggressive. Uh, and I was when I was real young, I was more aggressive on these type of things. Now God's helped me to understand how to go in a little different. Sometimes you still have to do it aggressive, but but for the most part, in that early day, it was all the same to me. It wasn't tasteful at all. It wasn't tasteful at all. We're, we're, there's no tact behind this. We're going in, and we're going to go kick butt. Okay. And it was funny. So we walked in, and I asked, where is he? And and they all looked at me. And so, and I, so I went to one of the guys, the biggest guy in the group of all things. I went up to go him, ahead. and I said, I want to know, where is he at? Because I figured he's probably the leader. He's the biggest one. Yeah. And I figure if there's a guy that I need to take out, because, and they, he goes, I don't know where he's at. And I said, it's because of people like you who know. And I went off and started ministering to them. Of course, I was ministering and yelling. Well, at the moment, and I said, and every one of you better give your life to God right now. Two of them gave their life to God. Wow. Both of them said the prayer. I made them say the prayer. Yeah. Three didn't. They all bowed their head because they they were afraid at that moment. Sure, sure. And it was about 20 minutes later, he walks in. And I grabbed him by the nap of the neck and I pulled him out of the house. He walked into the door mm-hmm. and I said, come here. And I grabbed him and I forced him. And we walked down the sidewalk, began to talk and he began to weep. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and he repented and asked the Lord mm-hmm. to forgive him. And, you know, he got things right. But the point is, is this, is that, you know, the power of sin ruins everything because it even means ruining your future. It means ruining relationships yeah. and family. It ruins a lot of things. Yeah, ministry especially. And to me, like you just said, you gave the example. He was at church just a couple of weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Look how fast the turnaround was, Pastor. Look how fast that turnaround was. Yeah, it was very fast. Excited one day, and within just a matter of a couple of days, by hanging out with the wrong people, doing some things that he being places he shouldn't have been. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It went away overnight. And so this is what happens with a lot of people yeah. is that it's sin doesn't have power per se mm-hmm. until you reason it mm-hmm. and you attach your emotion to it. There it is. There it is. Because all it is is enticing. It's just mm-hmm. temptation. Mm-hmm. But we have every ability at the moment that the temptation comes to turn around and walk away mm-hmm. because we do know what that emotion feels like. Exactly. And we already know we can make excuses for it. And we can't afford to. Exactly. And I love the scripture you gave here. And going back to verse 18, and it says, But he who has been born of God keeps himself from sin, and the wicked one does not touch him. That's right. So the moment we keep ourselves from sin and, and, and under the umbrella of the Lord. Yes. The devil has lost jurisdiction That's right. over us and that power. That's exactly why it doesn't have power over us. So the best thing for us to do, if we want to give power back to the Lord and mm-hmm. the work of the Holy Spirit in our life and not mm-hmm. to this power of sin mm-hmm. that's easily influenced by Satan mm-hmm. and even the world, on, and sometimes Satan using the world <laughs> because we are human beings, is we've got to make sure that when it comes, learn to turn. You know, that's why that's why Paul told Timothy, he says, flee those youthful lusts. Mm-hmm. What was he saying? He says, when those things come, Timothy, because they will, because they will come when 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 those natural ins, when those emotional instincts and those reasonings instincts start hitting, run from it. Mm-hmm. So that way it doesn't attach itself to you. Pastor, are you a coward when you run from sin? 
Not at all. In fact, you're more bold because what you're saying is, is that when you do have to really confront it mm. in a situation where it's in somebody else's life, you won't want it. Mm. You'll easily be able to help pull them out or you'll be able to walk away uh, more often than not. In fact, it'll make it easier to teach your kids. It's really hard to teach your kids something yeah. when you yourself just constantly struggle. Yeah. My last question, Pastor, for this podcast is how do we stay strong in keeping from sin, Pastor? You know what? The, Paul tells us, I believe it was Ephesians, where he was telling us that, you know, that the, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty through God through the pulling down of strongholds. Mm-hmm. He goes on to say that we should be in continual prayer. Second Corinthians chapter ten verse five. There we go. Second Corinthians, yeah, that it's it, we need to be in constant prayer, mm. and that means when I'm praying throughout the day, what is that prayer for? It's not because I'm just trying to be spiritual, mm-hmm. even though it will make you spiritual. Mm-hmm. That's a good thing. It is a good thing. That's a good thing but that's not my old end goal. My end goal is is that that prayer is that when that moment comes, mm-hmm. I am already have the Holy Spirit moving on me on behalf to help me guide, guard, mm. guard my eyes, guard my ears, mm, guard my talk, guard my actions, because my heart is guarded. Mm. So what I do with my life makes it a whole lot easier when that moment shows up to defend, yourself. to defend myself. And so, you know, what do you do when you're looking online and all of a sudden an, a picture that you don't need to be looking at yeah, pops up, pops up. Mm-hmm. or maybe just subject matter that you don't need to be watching. Maybe it's conversations with people that you just don't need to be around. Do you have the strength to walk away? Do you have the strength to interject Jesus, maybe? Whatever the situation is, but are you strong enough? And you're right. I think in those moments too, Pastor, it's time for us to learn discipline. Yeah. Don't go on social media as often then. Mm -hmm. You know, don't watch. I love love the criteria you talked about not not watching radar movies. Right. Stop watching those. If lust is a problem, stop watching things that are filled with those things. And I think we need to understand is that God shouldn't have to tell us everything not to do. Exactly. There just has to be some things when you know that there's a weakness, just tell yourself, you know what? It's just a good good, uh, business decision, so to speak. And you're right because you use the word reason. We reason ourselves to sin, yes. right? We reason ourselves to sin. Let's reason ourselves to do righteous then. There you go. Let's just reason that in. There's how you break and keep the power of sin from ever being able to connect with you. And then we attach an emotion to the scripture. You got to get go. excited about it. Attach the emotion. Be excited about <laughs> right? the fact that, you know what? I just overcame by the I blood of the it. lamb and by the word the of my word testimony. Of testimony. That's how you overcome. So, so we're using these... Technically, in reverse. In reverse. <laughs> you know? To so the way Satan and the world wants you to use it for them. Exactly. No. And so these are the keys of it. So we have the keys to the power of sin. Now we have the keys to the power of life. Yes. And, and staying free. There you go. And it's just that, it's just that simple. Depending on how strong the motion is that you have connected with it, of course, that's what makes it hard. Mm. But you've got to learn that the tools to do it and the weaponry that you have is real easy to use. It's funny. It says, the Bible says, the joy of the Lord is my strength. That's right. And we know the joy is part of the spirit, but it's also attached to emotion. That's right. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Mm, and it tastes good. And it tastes good when you get it, when we get, you just said it earlier, the revelation of it. That's right. The revelation. That's it. And that's why God never gives you tools that are too hard to hit, yeah. use. For instance, he doesn't give you a hammer so big that you can't lift it. Mm. And he doesn't give you a sword so heavy you can't swing it. Mm. Come on. What am I meaning by that? Is that he says, my burden is easy and my yoke is light. What he was basically trying to teach us is yeah. that when you go to use anything that I've given you, mm-hmm. I've made it very simple and easy for you to use. Right. So when Satan right. comes in like a flood, uh, when he comes in, 
Mm-hmm. It says, like a flood, I will lift up a standard against him, according to Isaiah. Mm-hmm. In other words, he's saying, man, Satan's going to come in hard knocks. He's mm-hmm. going to come in with everything loaded. And yet I've given you one, I've given you one weapon mm-hmm. that's going to take and defeat the whole enemy. Yeah. And when you have that kind of hope, there's no way you can't lose. Yeah. There's no way you can't fix something with the tools that he's given you. Yeah. Everything is fixable. Everything is redeemable. Mm -hmm. And most of all, there's no power that is stronger than the power of righteousness through the work of the Holy Spirit. Audience, listener, friend, (laughs) I I know you felt that one in that closing statement. I mean, I know I did too. You know, listener, if you don't mind, we're going to go and pray for you right now. Heavenly Father, we just come before you right now. And we thank you, Father God, for, for this podcast. We thank you for this topic. The power of sin. Lord God, now the listener, the the person listening, Father God, has identified what's been holding him back. What's been holding her back. Now they've heard it for the very first time. Now it's time for them to go forward, breaking that power. Now and enabling the power of the Holy Spirit on the inside. So we're going to attach some emotions to your word. So we thank you, Father God, for a desire to read your word and start attaching emotion to it. And start reasoning, Father God, and seeing ourselves walking it through it, Lord God. Walking through the valley of shadow of death. Walking through this temptation and, and past it. And walking victoriously, Heavenly Father. And so, Father God, we thank you for giving our friends the strength to live out this Christian life without excuse, Lord God, full of power, full of grace, and full of truth. And most importantly, like we say at our church, full of favor, the uncommon favor. And so, Father God, we want to tell you that we love and we thank you and thank you for blessing our friends in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Listener, we love you. God bless. Thank you for joining us today. Power Talk Podcast is brought to you by Powerhouse Church. You can listen on Spotify or download the Powerhouse Church app. If you would like to comment, need prayer, or want more information, contact us at powerhousechurch.us.